Acts chapter 5. If you'll stand with me, please. We'll honor the Word of God tonight in uh, about the first uh, 14 verses there. He said, uh, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold possession, kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, or uh, realized what was going on, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart uh, to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? After it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou convinced, uh, uh, conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, uh, uh, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear uh, came all on all of them that heard these things. And the young men rose, arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. It was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing uh, what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that uh, ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door." and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, carried her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these sayings. And by the hand of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst not, and that word durst is an old English word, means dared. And they durst not, and no man joined himself to them, uh, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Father, we come to you again tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity you've given us now uh, to proclaim the word of God. And I pray, uh, Lord, that we'll keep our voice tonight that uh, God folks can understand what I'm trying to say. And God, I pray you'll get to honor and the glory. And I pray, Father, that God, you will uh, bless this service tonight. Thank you for it. And I pray for the mission offering, Lord. Uh, the, uh, the folks will give that after church. I pray that you might bless that as well. Ask God to be with us tonight now. Uh, give me the words to say that you might anoint me one more time, Father, tonight. Because without your anointing, God, all I'd be just a speaker. And Lord, I don't want to be a speaker. I want to be a preacher of righteousness. God, I pray. And God, you'll just help us these things tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm not as dignified as your pastor. I can't wear a coat and preach. I'm dead. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I want to share with you a few things tonight. And there in verse 13, I read to you something amazing uh, there in that verse. He said, and the rest durst not join a man, join himself to uh, them, uh, but the people magnified them. Uh, and I, I have this title here, the church which people were afraid to join. The church was people were afraid to join. Now, you may have heard this message before, uh, but the first time I preached it here, and uh, uh, I, I just uh, saw that, 
and it just really got a hold to my heart uh, that uh, uh, that uh, uh, folks could be afraid uh, to join a church. And so I'm going to give you some reasons out of chapter uh, th- uh, 4 uh, to show you uh, what I'm talking about here tonight. Now, in uh, the first 10 verses, read that the judgment of God was upon man and uh, his wife uh, for lying to the Holy Spirit. Now, within three hours' time of the death of Ananias, his wife Sapphira was stricken dead and became uh, 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 you know, uh, and and because of this judgment, great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. In verse eleven, then uh, we are told, and the rest durst not or dared not join himself uh, to them. Verse 13, uh, that uh, uh, here was a church which people was afraid to join. If we, uh, uh, or if they were not uh, uh, right with God, uh, folks were afraid to join that church. They're afraid they'd die. You know, uh, uh, and I think about this uh, uh, sometime when I'm preaching this. If, uh, if God killed everybody in our churches that lies to God, it wouldn't be very many left, would it? Right. You ever thought about that? It sure wouldn't. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks do uh, tonight. And so uh, uh, we know that uh, the characteristics of this church are given here in chapter 4 in verses uh, 31 through uh, uh, 33. First of all, we see there in verse 31 of chapter 4. He said, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, uh, it was a praying church, if you'll uh, think about that right off the bat. Here was uh, Peter and John. Uh, They just uh, uh, showed a a man that was a cripple uh, and uh, had talked with him, and they said, Silver and gold have we none, but such we have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, Stand up and walk. And the Bible says that he leaped for joy. And because of that, and because they were preaching the word of God, uh, the scribes and Pharisees sent their officers, and they brought them, and they, uh, uh, since it was late, uh, that they kept them overnight. Uh, and uh, the next day, uh, the Bible says uh, that they brought them before the council, and they told them, they said, look, you can't preach this anymore. Uh, we don't want to, uh, it's just not, uh, uh, it goes against everything that we are. And so we want you to stop uh, preaching about this Jesus. And Peter uh, stood with them and said uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that we're going to do it. Uh, will you like it or not? I mean, that's the essence of what he said. He said, we're going to preach it. Will you like it or not? I would to God that men of God would stand the pulpit today and say, we're going to preach it. Will you like it or not? Right. I've been burdened. My heart's been heavily burdened uh, as I go around and I see that uh, many churches are falling by the wayside and the preachers are not uh, getting in the pulpit and they're not using the King James Bible and they're, uh, they're, the churches are dying right where they're at uh, today uh, because of it. And it concerns me this morning. I preached down uh, there at Martin uh, for my nephew and, and it was, um, uh, you know, I had a good congregation and and uh, they were acceptable to the word of God. And they hollered amen. And they waved their hand. And Al said, I bet it's the first time they've done that in a long time. Amen. Uh, but anyway, 
Uh, and uh, uh, two or three came out, and one older guy, 88 years old, that's a song leader, I'm telling you, he was magnificent uh, this morning. Had a clear voice and, and uh, you know, everything, and he sung a special. And uh, when he came out, he said, Brother Gossam, it's been a long time since I heard that kind of preaching. And then some more came out and said, uh, one young man, 43 years old, he said, he said, I ain't heard that kind of preaching uh, since I was 12 years old. And I, I come home and told Alice, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that these churches are not, uh, the pastors or preachers are not preaching the word of God anymore. Amen. They're not doing it. Thank God for this church tonight. Amen. 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 You've got a pastor that preaches the word. He's excited about what he's saying. Folks, that's a, uh, to me, that's the main two things. Uh, have a preacher that's sound in the Word of God that preaches this whole book and is excited about what he's saying. It makes a difference, don't it? You know, uh, I don't know what it is about uh, many of these churches. Uh, you know, I've been preaching Southern Baptist churches now uh, for uh, 45 years. And, and uh, uh, I remember when I was a young preacher, the old preachers uh, that I am now would preach just like I am. Preach the Word of God. They'd slobber and spit and cry and sweat. And, and they preach the Word of God. And, uh, uh, and so today, it seems like most of them uh, just want to be some kind of a teacher. Listen, there is a place for teachers, but in this pulpit, it's a place for the preaching of God's Word. Amen. These churches are a praying church. If you don't have a, play in, a praying church, then you ain't got much. I'm going to be honest with you. You ain't got much. We need to see that. And believe that tonight in the Word of God. Then uh, it was a spirit-filled church. He said another part of verse 31 there. And he said uh, uh, after they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the Word of God uh, with boldness. Listen, I, I believe tonight uh, that a church ought to be spirit-filled. And a church can't be spirit-filled if it's got half its, uh, uh, if you're halfway in the world and halfway in church. It'll stifle the Spirit of God. That's what that word means over there. Uh, when uh, 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 Stephen was preaching and, and uh, the, you know, he's telling those uh, folks that uh, they need to be saved by the grace of God. And I'm afraid today that we stifle the Spirit of God in our churches. Sin has taken over uh, in our lives today. And, and we're not the same people that we were when we first got saved. Can you just remember when God saved your soul, how happy you were, how that, uh, that you just wanted to tell everyone Everybody about Jesus. If you didn't want to do that, then something ain't right. Amen. Right. Something ain't right. You know, when we get older, those things kind of ease up. I mean, just kind of ease up. First thing you know, you're not telling anybody. Next thing you know, you're doing things that you never thought you'd do. And you're, uh, uh, you know, saying things you never thought you'd say. I was talking to a man this morning. He waited for me. Uh, a well-dressed man, about in his uh, probably probably about fifty years old, and uh, uh, he he was sitting right behind me the whole time uh, we were letting folks out, and I was shaking hands with people, and some folks hugged me. Uh, some of them had masks on, some didn't. I said, "Don't bother me. If you want to hug me, you hug me, okay?" Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I noticed him standing back here behind me, and when everybody was out, he said, "Brother Gossam, I need to tell you something." 
And I said, all right. I didn't know what he wanted. Uh, I didn't have a clue. I thought, well, maybe he's lost. I'm going to get saved. That's what I was hoping, amen. I want to see somebody saved. But anyway, uh, he said, uh, uh, Brother Gossam, I want to tell you something. He said, uh, uh, me and my first wife, we went to church regular. We uh, was involved in things, but I became a wealthy man. I was a millionaire, a multi-millionaire. And you can tell uh, that he uh, was that kind of a guy. But anyway, uh, he said that uh, all of a sudden uh, uh, my money started taking over. I started missing church, and I started working 15, 20 hours a, a day. And uh, next thing I knew, I was fooling around uh, with another woman, and my wife found out about it. And he said, all, all that just came crushing down on me. He said, you're looking at a man that don't have a dollar to his name. I lost everything I had overnight. Uh, and he said, but I want you to know something. I got right with God. And he said, I'm happy again. Amen. He said, I ain't got a quarter of my name, but I'm a happy man. I want to tell you something, folks. Your riches can't make you happy tonight. All the wealth in the world will never make you happy. The thing that makes a person happy, a thing that makes a person uh, in a, a, a be enthusiastic and, 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 and have joy in his life is a person that's filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. A person that has joy in his heart tonight. A person that has given everything he's got to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of folks tonight are just fans of God. They're not followers, amen? There's a lot of folks that uh, they'll come to church and, and uh, 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 just to appease their, uh, you know, conscience or whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, they may do a little thing. They may drop a couple of dollars in the offering plate uh, just to make them feel better. But they're just a fan. I want you to know tonight, God wants some followers. God wants some folks that are in there and will do what God wants them to do tonight. Amen? That's what God wants tonight. Oh, y'all killing me. Y'all killing me. I got to take a breath. Amen. Woo. Where's my water? I got to get it here. Y'all know I'm 70, almost 75 years old, okay? And so it was a spirit-filled church. If you won't do anything for God, you got to have a, you got to be filled with the spirit. Because if you don't, then you're going to be intimidated by this world. And that's what this world's trying to do, us Christians right now. They're trying to intimidate us. I got news for them. They can't intimidate me tonight. Amen. 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 I ain't going to allow that to happen. Then also, I'm going to tell you something else that church was. It was a witness church. And uh, the last part of verse 33, uh, 31 says, And they spake the word of God with boldness. It was a witness in church. I'm telling you that those folks went out and they told everybody about Jesus. I told those folks down there this morning, I said, uh, there's probably about 50, 60 people there, uh, maybe, maybe about 50, I guess it was. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what you do. Y'all want revival? You go out this week and you invite one person uh, to come to church. Next Sunday, you'll have 100 uh, in church. Uh, folks, I'm telling you, uh, uh, folks want to, uh, uh, they say they want a revival. Uh, folks say, uh, they'll uh, sing that old song, Revive Us Again. And they'll uh, think about that scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That's what the Bible says, isn't it? Ain't very many of us believe that scripture. Very few folks believe that anymore. I watched that 
uh, last uh, Saturday. I watched uh, the Franklin Graham uh, march down through uh, Washington there. And then uh, I didn't get to see uh, Jonathan Kahn, but he was old, uh, last night. And I got to watch him. Uh, he also had over 50,000 there. There was over 100,000 uh, in Washington, D.C. last Saturday praying and preaching and witnessing for the Lord. And, and, uh, and so he preached last night. I mean, uh, that man, uh, he done a pretty good job preaching. He's a saved Jew, and he's good on prophecy and all that. I don't know if he's a Baptist or not. I didn't say. But anyway, uh, we know that, uh, that they spake the word of God with boldness. They weren't afraid of nobody. I'm telling you, there's only two things in this world I'm afraid of. Well, maybe three. Uh, I know uh, the first two, I'm scared of uh, bad dogs. I'm scared to death of them. I can't help it. Got bit a couple of times when I was a kid, and ever since then, I got a phobia about a bad dog, and especially an old brown dog. Amen. <laughs> the meanest suckers I ever seen in my life. And I'm going to tell you something else I'm scared of. I'm scared of snakes. A snake on the ground is a rattlesnake. A snake in the water is a water moxin. <laughs> Amen. Only two kinds of snakes. <laughs> two kinds, that's all. And then there's probably one other thing I might be a little bit afraid of, and that's Alice. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right. Anyway, I've never seen a man yet I was scared of. Every church I ever started pastor, first thing I want to do, I said, I want you to give me the name of the meanest rascal in this community. And they just look at me like uh, a calf looking at a new gate. But I, I, I said, that's what I want. And, and uh, they'd give me a name. I'd go to them, talk to them about Jesus. Some of them got saved, some of them didn't. Uh, but folks, listen, ain't no sense in you and I be afraid of nobody. If you've got God's Spirit inside you, you've got all you need, amen. Uh, amen. He's a sword, uh, folks, tonight as we see in the Word of God. Then, not only that, uh, it was on the witness church, it was a united church. He look at verse 32, and the multitude of them uh, that believe were of one heart and one soul. You don't see church grow. You don't see a church uh, uh, do things for God. Then everybody will be of one heart and one mind, one purpose on their mind, and that's leading people to Jesus. I've been a fanatic about that all of my life. Ever since God saved my soul, I've been a fanatic about winning folks to Jesus. I just can't help myself. No matter what job I went on, uh, after God called me to preach, I preached on about every job uh, that I went on. Uh, and, you know, if it lasted more than a day, I'd be preaching on that job somewhere. I got made fun of. And, and, you know, all kinds of things. But that didn't bother me a bit. I still had uh, men to come uh, at lunchtime. I'd hurry up and eat my lunch uh, so I could preach. On that job, took my Bible with me and had a, a, a you know, uh, it would grow. Uh, one time we was working uh, uh, two shifts down at Goodyear uh, uh, rebuilding tar machines. And I, I took the night shift. And on that night shift at lunchtime, I, I'd preach every night. I'd tell those men, I'm, I'm going over here in the corner and I'm going to preach the word of God and you're welcome to come every night a few more would come in a few more would come in and and uh, uh, we had a uh, I had a, a great mission but the old superintendent on that job hated me and he made fun of me and I was one of the first ones to laid off but I'm going to tell you something that didn't bother me next day I got a call go somewhere else amen <laughs> that's kind of why I like uh, construction work you have to stay in one place all the time <laughs> All right. Anyway, a united church. That means uh, folks uh, uh, got together. They had the same mind. They had the same thing on their mind. To love people, 
to get people to come to the house of God and hear the word of God and love their pastor and, and uh, uh, have fellowship together. That's what it's all about. You come to church, you can't, you know, I hear people say, I, I, I can serve the Lord on the creek bank. Well, you might can, uh, but uh, you're going to pay your tithe to the fish, amen. You know, are you going to uh, have fellowship with the fish? Uh, things like that. The Bible says that we're forsake not the assembly of ourselves together. That we're to come to God's house and hear His word and be challenged in the heart to go out in this world and face the devil. Face him with whatever you got. To face him with. Then, not only that, it was a, a sharing church. The Bible says there uh, in uh, uh, verse 32, he said, and they had all things common. A sharing church. I'm going to tell you something. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves folks that don't mind sharing things, uh, you know, with somebody in need tonight. It just blesses my heart. There ain't no telling how many. Uh, I, uh, one time, I, I think Alice was, uh, Chad was in the hospital. He spent 93 days in the hospital when he was 11 years old. Had a three-wheeler wreck, almost killed him. He was in traction for uh, a number, well, the whole time he was in there, as far as that goes. But anyway, uh, you know, when I, I was pastoring and working, and, and uh, we had a family in our church, and the, the man come to me, had several young'uns, and he said, you know, Brother David, my kids are sleeping on the floor. We don't have any bed for them. And I had an extra bedroom suit. <laughs> hey, man, Alice and I had a bed, and Chad had a bed, but we had extra uh, bedroom, bedroom suit. And, and I said, I'll tell you what you do. You, uh, after church, you, uh, I said, uh, uh, you stop and you get that bedroom suit for them babies to sleep on. And I did, and they did. Amen. And Alice come home one day. She wanted to wash some clothes, and, and I went over to stay with Chad, and she called me and said, David! I said, what? She said, where's that bedroom suit? I said, I gave it away. <laughs> I can't leave you nowhere for five minutes. Amen. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, God loves folks that want to help each other, amen, and care about each other and care about what happens to them in their life. If they're down, I want to pick them up, amen. That's what the Bible says, isn't it, uh, today. Then we need also see, not only was it a sharing church, it was a powerful church. And the Bible says there in verse 33, and with great power gave he apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. When you follow God's guidelines, it'll be a powerful church. It'll be a praying church. It'll be a witnessing church. It'll be a united church. It'll be a sharing church. And then it'll be a powerful church. You'll start seeing folks say, folks come from everywhere uh, to hear the word of God because they know that the spirit of God is working in that place. God loves a church that wants to be filled with the spirit of God uh, tonight. We see that in the word of God. And then uh, also it was a favored church. The Bible says in verse 33, and great grace for favor was upon them all. Great grace. Well, that was great favor. God loved that. He just loved them. You know what? When those apostles got in trouble, where'd they go? Did they go to the Supreme Court? Did they go to the local sheriff? Did they uh, uh, start packing signs around or all that kind of stuff? No. What'd they do? They went to the church and told the church what happened to them. And the church started praying. That place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Spirit of God. And they went back out and preached again. Amen. Power was given them in that church tonight. Listen, you preachers, if you want any power with God, 
then you've got to get on your face before God and start asking God to fill you with the Spirit of God, anoint you. You've got to be anointed. If you're going to be a preacher of the gospel, then you've got to get anointed by God. I'm not talking about some Pentecostal off the wall. Some I'm talking about like David was. David was anointed three times in, in uh, his life. I'm telling you, uh, folks, if you don't see God do something in your life, then you've got to ask God for his anointing. You've got to sell out to God. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to go in all the stuff that's happened to Alice and me uh, down through the years, but I know what uh, I know what happened, and God knows what happened. We've done a lot of sacrificing to do what God wants us to do. Folks, you can't live. You can't have everything in this world that you want and, and uh, uh, let the, uh, you know, and not be filled with the Spirit of God. Some things you've got to turn loose of. So, amen? There's some things you've got to turn loose of. Some ways of your life you've got to turn loose. There's some habits you've got to get rid of in your life. Forget the anointing of God on your life today. And God will do that today. He'll do it. This is the kind of church uh, God uses to win souls uh, through this church and its people. Uh, believers were the more added uh, to the Lord, uh, not uh, just joined the church. They were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women were added to the Lord. A church is made up of people. So these seven characteristics of a church should be what characterize our lives. May God help us to be praying, spirit-filled, witnessing, united, sharing, prayerful, and having God's grace upon our lives tonight. If you want to see things happen for Jesus, we got to get things in the right perspective in our life tonight and let him have his way. Here's what Charles Finney said. He said Christians are more to blame for not being uh, revived than sinners are for not being converted. A lot of Christians call themselves Christians today. They are not revived and they're causing more folks to go to hell than anything I know of today. Because they're not right with God. Folks, I'm telling you right now, if, if it ever was a moment in the history of our lives of America, if there was a moment in the history of America, right now is a time for revival. We better start turning loose some old junk in our life right. and get to praying, get on our knees somewhere and get to praying that God will do something in our lives tonight, that he might turn this thing around. Only God can do that. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to vote uh, for folks that, uh, that uh, have biblical guidelines in their life. That's who I'm voting for. I'm not voting for uh, uh, murder, uh, folks that murder babies and, and all that kind of stuff. I can't do that. I can't. I can't stand to think about those little babies uh, being murdered after they're born. I can't stand to think about that they're being murdered in the womb tonight. And some folks don't care. There'll be a lot of Christians that vote for people like that. Old liberal, ungodly, filthy bunch. And I'm not going to vote for them. I can't do it. If there ain't nobody to vote for, I won't vote. But I'm not going to vote for that kind of thing. I'm just not going to do it. I hope you don't either tonight. Listen, uh, we, as God's people, we better start getting on our face. We better start praying that God will send revival. God, uh, we're going to have revival here in a few days. It's not going to be long off. It's coming on us right quickly. And I, I'm starting praying right now that God will bust this thing wide open. And folks all around here will hear about what's going on. And they'll start coming to hearing the word of God. And they'll get saved by the grace of God. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of preachers say, well, uh, you know, uh, it's not about numbers. No, it's not about numbers. But it's about the souls that numbers bring. You see what I'm saying? Uh, when you've got numbers, you've got souls. And I won't see souls saved by the grace of God. 
I mean, that's just me. That's the way I've always been. I can't help it, uh, you know, being a pastor and all that. Uh, but uh, I just love to see people come down the aisle and get saved by the grace of God. When that little young and come here uh, the other uh, day uh, and got saved by the grace of God, it just tore my heart all to pieces. I tell you, I rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something else. There's great rejoicing in heaven on one sinner that repents. Amen. God loves the folks that love to win souls to Jesus tonight. So I'm here to tell you, that's all I got. I'm not very deep. I mean, I, I've been called a lot of things in my life, but I ain't never been called smart. <laughs> Amen. I ain't never heard nobody say, Brother Mark, old David Gossam, that's so smart, you know. Ain't nobody ever told me that. I'm just an old dumb country preacher. I just believe this whole book. I'm going to tell you something. I believe this whole book, every page of it. I believe every bit of it. I'm telling you, I don't care what anybody else says. I still believe this whole book. And I still believe that God can save anybody, anywhere, anytime, anyhow, any way. God can still do it. I don't care what kind of lifestyle you've lived. I don't care where you come from, what kind of background you come from. God can still save your soul tonight. He can do it. He wants to. He wants to do it. I want you to know this, and I think I've told you this before, that God loves you. He always has, and He always will. I'm going to tell you right now, God loves you. I don't care where you're at. I don't care where you've been. God still loves you. He wants you to get right with Him and do what God has you to do.